Hello, and welcome to Grain Insight, a CEON update on getting your grain to market. I'm Stacey McCracken, and joining me is David Chednovic, Director of Sales and Marketing. David, as part of our continuing history series, let's look at the key building block of the CN of today, the Grand Trunk. Thanks, Stacey. The story begins with the Canadian government announcing in 1852 that it wanted a railway built linking Montreal and Toronto. Grand Trunk Railway, privately owned and based out of London, was incorporated that year, and construction on this portion of the road was completed in 1856. The Grand Trunk also acquired five existing railway companies soon after its charter, the St. Lawrence and Atlantic, the Quebec and Richmond, the Toronto and Guelph, the Grand Junction, and the Grand Trunk Railway Company of Canada East. By the early 1860s, the Grand Trunk system ran from Sarnia, Ontario, to Montreal and Portland, Maine. But by 1860, the GT was also in serious financial trouble. Not enough business in relation to the money laid out to build and buy infrastructure. So management engaged the Canadian government, and the government helped reorganize the company's finances, with the government lending the company $15 million. That fixed things for the time being. So what happened with the Grand Trunk in the last half of the 19th century? Well, by 1867, the year that Canada became a nation, the Grand Trunk had become the largest railway network in the world, stretching around 1,300 miles and running through Maine, covering the Maritimes, and running through Quebec and southern Ontario. That reach extended to Chicago by 1880, when subsidiary company Grand Trunk Western ran a line between Port Huron and Chicago through Michigan, Indiana, and Illinois. There are some very impressive feats of engineering and construction associated with the Grand Trunk as well. It built the first bridge across the St. Lawrence River, built the Victoria Bridge in Montreal, bridge over Niagara between Fort Erie and Buffalo, and the tunnel under the St. Clair River. So when did the Grand Trunk start carrying grain grown on the prairies for export? So long before the Grand Trunk had any rail lines or operations in western Canada, the Grand Trunk was heavily involved in grain hauling and handling through the eastern seaboard of the U.S. Before the 1880s, Ontario was the only Canadian province producing grain and flour for export, which the Grand Trunk carried to Montreal and Quebec, and over the Grand Trunk Eastern Line that ran from Montreal to Portland, Maine, where the Grand Trunk built its first grain terminal elevator as early as 1872, and then another in 1897. Starting in 1883, grain from Manitoba began to be exported through the Great Lakes and East Coast. In the 1890s, large quantities of western grain was shipped in vessels from the lakehead to transfer elevators at ports on Georgian Bay and Lake Huron, and then carried over Grand Trunk lines to Montreal. In winter months, when Great Lakes and St. Lawrence ports were close to navigation, the Grand Trunk ran what we now call winter rail trains over the Grand Trunk Eastern Railway from Montreal to Portland, Maine. In 1903, Grand Trunk built the first modern grain transfer elevator in the Port of Montreal, one designed to unload western grain from Great Lakes and canal vessels, as well as from railway cars, and to load ocean-going vessels. Now called Elevator No. 5, the designated heritage building still stands in Old Montreal beside the Old Lachine Canal and the Bonaventure Auto Route, not far from CN's headquarters. Okay, that takes us to the turn of the 20th century. But David, how did the Grand Trunk fit into the Laurier government's aspirations to see a new transcontinental railway built? So Grand Trunk saw the opportunity in the West as the prairies were open to immigration further and further to the West and North, and the government encouraged them to work with the Canadian Northern in creating a new transcontinental. But Canadian Northern steadfastly decided to go on its own. So the Grand Trunk entered into an agreement with the government in 1903 to build the Grand Trunk Pacific in the West, from Winnipeg to Prince Rupert, with the government owning and being responsible for building the Eastern Canadian portion from Winnipeg to Quebec City and Moncton, and with the Grand Trunk agreeing to operate the Eastern portion for the government. The Grand Trunk Pacific was completed in 1914, and the National Transcontinental was completed in 1915. 
The building costs came in well above initial estimates, leaving the Grand Trunk heavily indebted. Capital dried up with the onset of World War I, which was a double whammy for the Grand Trunk, and they found themselves in serious financial trouble along with the Canadian Northern. Grand Trunk defaulted on loans shortly thereafter. Subsequent to the Grand Trunk Pacific being allowed to go into receivership, the Canadian government negotiated with the Grand Trunk to acquire the Grand Trunk and ultimately took all three assets and formed them into Canadian National Railways. On June 6, 1919, Canadian National Railways was incorporated with D.B. Hanna as its president. Thanks for your time, David. And thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN. 